You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, We guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hey guys, singer-songwriter Lindsay L. back with you for this week's episode of The Edge. I hope you got to check out Wednesday's Velvet episode. If you didn't, go back and check it out. It was an important conversation that you won't want to miss. But for today's episode, I'm speaking with someone who has been a guest previously with Kelly, but I wanted to speak with her so that I could get a better understanding of a topic that I personally had to grapple with not that long ago. My guest is the incredible Jolie Hamilton. Jolie is a certified sex educator and professor. She holds a doctoral degree in depth psychology. Her research on jealousy as experienced in polyamorous individuals takes a closer look at how people in any type of relationship can change the way jealousy works and doesn't work for them. She also gave a wonderful TEDx talk on compersion, which is the opposite opposite of jealousy that featured all of her amazing research. I wanted to speak with Jolie because of a personal experience I had with a guy who wanted to have an open relationship and that just wasn't for me. So I cast no judgment whatsoever, but I, I just knew it wasn't going to work for me in my life. I'm so curious though, to understand from a professional point of view, how it can work for others. And I hope that Jolie can help me see that point of view as well as help all of us understand it more. So let me officially welcome psychologist, relationship coach, public speaker, professor, founder of Project Relationship. What can she not do, you guys? The brilliant Jolie Hamilton. Hi, Jolie. Oh, hi, Lindsay. Thank you so much for having me and for making me blush so early in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) It is absolutely my pleasure. You know, as I, as I, 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 of course, heard your episode that you did with Kelly um, a little while ago, but I, as I was researching about you, you were just so brilliant. My goodness. I, I have to jump right into it though. Can you explain consensual non-monogamy and how it works? Sure. So consensual non-monogamy is a really big umbrella term. We can think of it as the opposite of cheating in many ways, because what we're talking about is having multiple romantic or sexual or intimate partners. But there are so many ways to do it that, in fact, consensual non-monogamy just centers on one thing. There's multiplicity, but there's consent 
on the part of all parties. So there can't be any sneaking, cheating, hiding, lying going on in order for right. it to fall under this CNM label. So that's how it's placed oppositionally to cheating in which, so cheating can happen where there's multiplicity. The cheating can happen because you're lying about anything. So in other words, you could have a, an ostensibly open relationship but still be lying and hiding about particular activities you're doing that are outside of your boundaries or whatever. And that still falls into the category of cheating. So consensual non-monogamy is about informed consent on the part of everyone involved in these relationships. Okay. This is so fascinating to me. I just, I want to ask you a million questions. Um, when and how did you realize that this was something you needed? Oh boy. So I had one of those fall off a cliff moments. Okay. Um, I have fallen in love with many people during the course of my first marriage. I, I was you know, married to my high school sweetheart. Um, I got married when I was 20, had my babies in, in my twenties. And I was from the outside, very monogamous. And actually inside my head, I was very monogamous because I thought about monogamy being about how I acted. But I felt in love, like I ha I would develop these deep emotional, intimate connections with people, typically women, um, mm -hmm. and that felt normal to me. I never let it, any physical boundaries be crossed, so I was within the scope of my relationship agreements. And my first husband knew that. Like I would talk about how I would have these deep feelings, and so all of a sudden one day I found myself on a dance floor having that exact same feeling for a guy. I was so naive <laughs> that I jumped into the shower with my husband and I was like, oh my God, I'm so in love with him. Yeah, that did not land well. <laughs> did not think that through. I was so naive as to think that this wouldn't be any different from the times I'd had big feelings for other people. But in the relationship that we had, he was just not prepared for the competitive feelings that came up for him when all of a sudden it was a guy who I was having these feelings about. So I had to grapple with what, what, what is actually going on? What does it mean to be in love with two people at the same time? What does that say about me? What's happening for me? Right. And it was so hard because I didn't have any vocabulary. All I knew was that I felt more love. That, that was it. And it was 2009. So, you know, there was really just a couple of resources out there. Um, there was Ethical Slut, which is, a, you know, a classic at this point and has three editions. But there wasn't a common narrative about what it meant to have multiple partners. There weren't, you know, all we had was terrible love triangles that were depicted in everything from soap operas to Greek mythology to every Danielle Steele novel ever written. <laughs> you know, there wasn't a good model for me to look at. So I, I ruined everything. I threw my life into the wood chipper because I just naively thought, this will be fine. I'll just talk about it all. And if I'm honest, what could really go wrong? Right. The answer is everything. <laughs> totally. So after, after your first marriage, um, I'm sure you were just trying to figure things out. Like at that time, did you know that this type of relationship even existed or it, was there like a, a, a template in your mind of, okay, maybe I can do this. Or did somebody bring it up to you? Like, where did you first learn about, oh, wow, that there's another way to do this. Oh, that's such a good point. So I think of polyamory or, you know, polyamory just means many loves. And that's just one kind of consensual non-monogamy. Um, I think of it as the un unknowable thing. 
Like once you know that some people out there are having multiple loving relationships or multiple sexual relationships at the same time and doing it well, it is really hard to put all those snakes back in the peanut brittle, brittle can. Yeah, so yeah. once I was like, I had had these feelings and I said, wow, oh my gosh, I'm having these feelings. I turned and looked. And in fact, there were quite a few people in my life who had things to say about this. Um, I heard a lot of that never works. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? And behind that, that never works was a story of how someone had tried to have multiple loving relationships and had experienced pain. But I was also watching my friends all around me who were clearly swinging. They were clearly exchanging partners. I hadn't noticed until this point, but when I turned and looked, there they all were. So now I had a bunch of different images, but I didn't have clarity. When I gained clarity was when um, the person I had fallen in love with, um, he and his wife had been in an open relationship and they were like, this is fine. This is just more love. We believe in community. Let's go for it. it how bad can it be? And so I moved in with them. Wow. <laughs> and, you know, so it was just out of the blue. You just moved in. I well, my marriage ended. It was a full stop. A speeding train. I had four yeah. biological children at that point, And I, I was in the middle of running three different businesses. Everything blew up. And part of how it blew up was I couldn't, I didn't have access to my house anymore. So wow. yeah. And I didn't have anywhere to go. And these were some of my closest friends. And, you know, we all jumped off a cliff together. We didn't know what we were doing, even though they had a little bit more experience than I did. We didn't know what we were doing and we didn't have the guides and resources that I wish we had had. It's part of why I do the work I do now is because I can see that train wreck coming and I can also point people in the right direction for like, oh, hey, there are healthier and less healthy ways to go about this. And just jumping off the edge of a cliff together and saying, love will help us find the way. Yeah. Right. I mean, be realistic. That's just not going to be enough. You also need conversations. You need vocabulary that you share. And most of all, you need to all be willing to be in the discomfort of figuring out a whole new relationship paradigm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So <clears throat> when I was, um, you know, in my own situation and I, I was dating a guy and he, you know, we got to that point in our relationship where he essentially wanted an open dynamic and, he was telling me about a bunch of his friends who were in open relationships and they would have a primary partner. And then they, you know, had this agreement that obviously everything communication was completely open. Mm -hmm. um, do you have a primary partner and, and then have a, a you know, open communication with that person or um, is yeah. polyamory a little bit different? So there are lots of ways to do this, um, but all of them do rely on, open communication and really even even when people have don't ask don't tell policies or um yes. the hundred mile policy like i don't want to know about what you do when you're 100 miles away from me even right. there there are conversations that have to happen about safer sex about spending money you know so there are yeah. a lot of things to get into even if you're not sharing all the juicy details Right. I happen to be in a relationship where i have an anchor partner or a nesting partner he is the person who i I raise my children with, um, we share finances, we keep, we keep our central base here. And we actually made the conscious decision to do that because we were raising seven children together. So we decided, okay, we need to get really clear about this being our, 
our home base and our commitment until the kids are all grown. We're doing this together. Um, and we made that commitment knowing that that meant that there was an inherent hierarchy of needs. There just would be like, so other partners that I have, I can have emotionally the same level of connection to them. And he as well can have emotionally and sexually the same levels of connection. But let's face it, when we're sharing finances in a house, there are just differences, like stuff's going to come up. That's where the conversations get really nuanced. Like, what do you share? And the word primary, it ticks some people off. Personally, I think whatever word helps you understand what you're doing and communicate it clearly to the other people you're relating to. Yeah. Go with that. (laughs) Like create shared meaning with your vocabulary because that's helpful. That makes so much sense. And especially, um, you know, you're of course the expert on this, but I would imagine when there are kids and children involved, having that inherent hierarchy is probably very important just to have some sort of foundation for the children in the container of the relationship. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting because people ask about the kids all the time. My kids are now um, 14 to 22. So old enough to talk to me about how these last 12 years have gone. And there is, I believe, a real need to to be clear with yourself about where your priorities are. Mm-hmm. And a lot of us aren't. We rely on the you know boilerplate script of how a family looks to say, oh, I have to do it that way. That's the right way. I actually think that there could be a lot of ways to very generatively and, and supportively raise children that don't fit that description. But the trick is to get clear on what you're doing. For instance, I could imagine having raised my kids on my own as a, you know, as an independent human who had multiple partners coming and going from this house and have done that in a really healthy way. Instead, I have a marriage that from the outside and we are, we're actually legally married. We didn't know whether we'd do it, but we did. Um, mm, congratulations. We, Let's face yeah, we, we have this relationship where the kids, in fact, really feel us in that sort of traditional sense. And from the outside, we look very traditional. That gives us passing privilege from the outside. I don't have to be out as Polly. Like I don't, I am. I mean, right. anybody, everybody knows. Um, right. But when you wear it on your shirt, you know, people know, but <laughs> it's, it's a good, it's a good sign. Yes, <laughs> it is. But then, but then when I ask the kids how they feel about it, um, their experience has been that it hasn't, it's been more about how happy, settled and psychologically capable each of their parents has been all along. That's far more, you know, stabilizing than any particular way of raising them. If you know anything about me, you know, I am a massive creature of comfort. It is one of my top priorities in life to make my surroundings comfortable at all times. So when I found Cozy Earth, I quickly scooped up all of the luxurious bedding and loungewear that I could. It felt very on brand for me, but then I went on a trip with a girlfriend not too long ago where she could not stop commenting on how cute and comfy my pajamas were, which then made me realize they may also be my new favorite travel companion as well. Guys, I am not kidding when I say you will experience unmatched softness and smoothness with all of Cozy Earth's products. The temperature-regulating bamboo joggers and pullover crew add comfort and a touch of style to any travel ensemble, and their bedding comes in the most adorable totes, making it a super easy gift to give anyone. Discover your next destination for ultimate comfort at Cozy Earth. 
Visit CozyEarth.com and use our code VELVETSEDGE at the checkout for an exclusive 35% off and let them know we sent you when you're at the checkout. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit RightRug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A dot com. That's incredible. And, you know, one of my favorite things, um, you know, that I've, I've heard Glennon Doyle and a bunch of people say, but I... I was just finishing reading her book for the second time and and she said I wanted my kids to see me being happy and fully claiming everything in my life and doing what I want to be doing and that is empowering to your children if they can see you being like this is who I am and this is me and this is the way I want to live my life like that is one of the most incredible messages you can send to your kids um so I just am bowing down to you in in that wonderful place of empowerment and that message you're sending to them. How much do they know about it though? Do you, do you share, like, where is that line for you with your own children? Yeah. Um, It's a great question because people always want to know and they're hesitant to ask because it's very personal, but, but I'm a public figure and I have, I have the privilege of feeling very safe sharing my story. So I'm an example. I'm not the right way to do it, but I think it's an example of what is possible. Um, what has happened in our house is we never hid this from them. Um, so they were between the ages of um, two and ten uh, when all, when I made this transition into a fully polyamorous life, and it was never hidden from them. However, they didn't really understand it because kids won't they won't take in information that's like too much for them. So in fact, there was sort of a new coming out as each of them got it at a different age, as each of them understood like, oh, mom's going on a date. Oh, a date. Mom's not just going out with that person. Mm. Oh, she's on a date. And then there'd be this second part of them that would realize, oh, and what do I care? What's the difference between when she's going out with a friend or she's on a date? Like, really practically speaking, what's the difference? And that has happened between the ages of about 12 and 15, depending on the kid, like their, their own recognition. And, um, we just talk about it openly. It has made it very easy to talk about, um, dating relationships, about safer sex agreements, about relationship agreements. Um, it's much easier to talk about because they see my husband and I negotiating like not, we don't fight about it in front of them, but if there's a question, I'm not afraid to just say like, hey, are we in alignment with our agreements here? And do a check-in right there, mid-kitchen. So they've really had a a lot of hands-on experience watching people work through complicated relationships. And all relationships are complicated. 
goodness gracious. Yes. I commend you so much. I mean, even in my own relationship with my parents, there's, there's a, a part of me that like is, you know, wish, wishes I had that level of transparency with my parents growing up. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I was raped as a little girl and I think most of it was on me, but I couldn't tell my parents for a long, long time just because it was like, I, I don't know, I guess we didn't really talk about those things so much growing up or, or I didn't feel like those topics were things I could bring up. So I, I commend you as a mother, just having that open dialogue. And I, and I think that that's a wonderful thing as well to do as a parent. Um, so are all of your kids from the same father? And as a second question to that question, if there are people in a polyamorous relationship that have kids from different parents, what is your advice for handling some of those dichotomies and situations? Big stuff, big stuff. Okay, first I want to just pause and say, your courage just owning what happened when you were a child, Mm. I bow to that. The courage of just saying the word rape publicly gives me such hope for what the next generation will face in, in sexual justice and yes. I'm, I'm so proud of you. So thanks, so, girl. You're so sweet. Thank you. <laughs> um, and then to address your questions, um, I have biological children who passed through my body. I have yep. four of them. And then I have stepchildren. Um, and I actually have known my partner, my current partner, my whole life. He was the best friend of my cousin growing up. So I've known him my whole life. And so I have been present in my stepchildren's lives since they were born. So we have a very cohesive and different sort of sense of what most people would call a blended family. Yes. It doesn't feel blended. It just feels like family over here. Yeah. Um, and what happened for me was the hardest part was not having labels, not knowing what we were doing. And so if I were to say, how can we do this better? How can I, how could I help people build on the pain that I've experienced? I would say, get clear with yourself about what kind of family system you're building and let people have roles, let people mm -hmm. feel it. So when I first was figuring out how to be a step parent, I wasn't a step parent yet. I wasn't married because the, the law wouldn't have allowed me to get married to their, their parents, um, but I lived in their house. What does that mean? What's my role? What word do they get to call me? Those things all would have really helped reduce the fear and tension that was clearly in the room. And by missing that opportunity, we really, we caused ourselves a lot of heartache over a much longer period of time. Um, you know, one of my stepchildren really still has never come along. He's not a fan of mine. Um, and the other two are my best buds. They are right up, you know, like close as can be. Um, and I feel no difference between our relationship and my biological children. And where there is a difference, it's largely about how did we talk about this? Did it feel safe for him? And I'm not sure it did. I'm not sure he ever got what he needed. And this is because we were stumbling along the way too. And it, it, it is hard. It's hard to own that and to say, yeah, sometimes we hurt the people we love the most by following the path we feel called to follow. Mm -hmm. Once I knew I was in love with someone, I still had control over my actions. And so I tried to take careful ones. And that doesn't mean that they all worked. That's the reality of being alive. It's hard to admit, but if I were to say, 
oh yeah, it's all just fine. Just do, just, you know, follow your heart, follow the love and it'll all be fine. Change your definition of what fine is. What does it mean for this thing to work? What does it mean for you to create a new family? What does it mean for you to really embrace the principles of consensual relating? Like, are you ready for those conversations? And if you're not, let's practice them. Let's practice them starting today. Absolutely. I mean, I I think getting clear with those expectations, I mean, there are all forms of a modern family and, you know, expectations without communication creates frustration. Like, I I, I think that, yeah, I I think that getting clear with those things is is such, um, is step one, I guess, essentially. Absolutely. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbionica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbionica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A dot com. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Okay, I have to ask you, because I think this was my pitfall. I think I'm so selfish when it comes to having that one partner and knowing that I am that one partner's partner and and that when they wake up in the morning or when they go to bed at night that that they want to text me even if we're not together or call me or whatever it is and I'm not really a jealous person like I don't get jealous about almost like a lot of things in life but I think that if I'm not dating anybody right now. I'm single. But if I was dating somebody and they were, you know, doing things with another woman, I think I would turn into a jealous person. I I really do. I think I would honestly turn into just a a form of myself that I don't want to see. And so like your nesting partner, does he ever feel jealous? Do you guys ever have those conversations? Where are the the rules and boundary line for, for you guys. And you don't need to go into detail. I know this is a super, super personal question. It's a great question though. And I'm happy to answer it because what you're naming, first off, you're, you are naming the experience of jealousy. When you Mm -hmm. say, I'm not a jealous person, but I want these things. It's, 
it's okay to be jealous. Jealousy has a purpose. That's fine. And it's okay to understand what I hear you doing so proudly and bravely. And I love this is saying, I want my partner to have their focus on me. And yeah, but I feel so selfish because most of my life I'm like, I am loving. I love every human. I am. So I just want to help everybody. And then I'm like, but when it comes to my boyfriend or whatever, I'm not generous. (laughs) And I'm like, how can you be so different? Yeah. So clarity around that is everything. There is jealousy serves a purpose. It reminds us what we care about. It lets us know what we want to aim our attention at. And it alerts us to threats of interruptions to that love bond. But not every interaction your boyfriend has is a threat to that love bond. So where jealousy starts to become problematic is when people can't, they don't feel trust in that bond that they have, in that exclusivity that they have going on. When I think about exclusivity in relationships, I don't think, oh, oh, that's so much less, I don't know, generous or evolved. No. Hell no, just no. There, there is no good or bad here. There are just different ways of living our lives. And wanting a person's focus is very natural, normal, typical. Sure. It's evolutionary psychology tells us that that's hardwired into us, right? We can spot jealousy at six months old. We know that it exists and cool. So just know it. Now, on the other hand, something I get to practice that you might not have as much practice with is relating to my partner and recognizing that I, I actually don't want his attention on me 100% of the time. If you want your partner's attention on them 100% of the time, like that's, that's a lot. And it's like, we're human. We can't do that. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Like, and we share, we share love in lots of ways. We share love in friendships. We share love in our, amongst our children. We share love amongst even, even just the world, humanity. When I practice letting myself relax around what his relationship is with someone else, it's just, I just don't, bottom line, I don't want to be in charge of where my husband puts his penis. I just don't want to be in charge of that. I do want to have conversations about how we respect each other in this way. Like, like in other words, how does he protect me from infections? How do I, when I go out with people, how do I make sure that I don't overextend so much that there's nothing left to give? So there are, are emotional and physical components to this, but monogamy writes a check that it can't actually cash. Monogamy tends to have us think that if we promise exclusivity, we will not ever have to feel jealous and we'll never have to be abandoned. Mm, But that's clearly not what we see going on. Yeah. Like we see um, the, the, where that doesn't work. Um, People get left every day. People experience cheating every day. And so consensual non-monogamy introduces the idea that we could have conversations about what we want with others. And those conversations are going to expose stuff. They're going to expose parts of us. Well, I'm bi. My, my partner is too. So we're both cisgender people who are bisexual. And so there's that really obvious way, like, oh, what if I want to have a relationship with a woman and he can't mm-hmm. give that to me? You know, like we could go really, really prototypical here. What I've found over the years is that's really not the thing. The thing is, 
I like to have multiple loving relationships. I feel nourished that way. I feel safe and cared for. And I feel like I'm being honored as a person. And that leaves me in a space to need to practice allowing, allowing him to have that space too. Not, not just to get sexual satisfaction, but right. to, to really experience relationship with others and all of the messy stuff that comes along with that. And yeah, we both absolutely get jealous still. Absolutely. Mm. Anybody who tells you they never experienced jealousy, I'm, my first suspicion is, do you really understand what jealousy is for you? Have you really explored it? Or have you simply you know, pushed that word away and you use a, a bunch of other words to describe it because jealousy comes wrapped in shame? Yes. And shame is so heavy. So do you, with your nesting partner, do you just have such amazing open communication where you, you bring up everything if you are feeling jealous? It's pretty, it is pretty awesome. We, I mean, we went to hell and back. I literally hell and back. I feel like I, I took an underworld journey in order to get here, but we talk, we actually have a podcast and we talk openly about our feelings on the podcast because I think most people haven't heard people be this raw with each other, this honest about like, Oh, you're having that feeling or this feeling we, it took a long time to get there, but yeah, we do. We name jealousy. The very first thing we do when jealousy pops up is we name it, we notice it and we name it. And we just, get into conversation about what it is that we actually want, because often what we do when jealousy pops up is we, we say, okay, I need you to change your behavior right away so that I will feel different. Do not talk to that person. Do not text people of this gender. Do not go to these places, whatever it is. But none of that really protects us because then we're on that watchful, mindful, right? Like we have that watcher in the back of our mind scanning for where those things might happen. I Absolutely. prefer to just talk about it when it comes up. And it I still get into tizzies. About a month ago, I had a full-on tizzy. He went on a date. It happened to set me off. I, yep, about two hours spinning around, applied all my tools, got myself recentered. It all went great. Everything went great. Um, but it's because we had a process in place for dealing with it. I am just wowed by you, Julie. Of course, the, the podcast you're talking about is called Project Relationship, right? Yeah. Yeah. It is fascinating. Um, please go check that out. Julie, I would just sit with you for hours because it, you, your brain just fascinates me. And um, I think if if people are listening and they can take one thing from all of this, it's really figure out what you want and, and what you are calling in and what are those things that makes you happy. And own those things. And, you know, I think we always can find deeper ways of like communicating those things openly to the people that we love in our life. But if you don't even know what it is you want, you don't Mm -hmm. even know what to communicate. Yes. 100%. And you naming, Hey, this wouldn't work for me. So you, we end this relationship because an open relating style doesn't work for me. Awesome. Think how much time you just saved for both of you. Yes. That's great. Know what you want. And if you decide to go into an exploration, think of it that way. It's an exploration. This isn't an all or nothing thing. It's not monogamy versus polyamory. That's a war I'm not interested in. It's just an exploration about what works for you. Exactly. So if, if there's someone out there that is trying to figure things out and, um, you know, not knowing where to even start, 
would that be step number one is the exploration of it? Oh, totally. Figuring out what the words are that we use to even describe these things and doing some, some, let yourself marinate in some stories of, of consensual non-monogamy, you know, listen to some podcasts. Um, mine's a good one, but there are others. There are lots of great ones, making polyamory work, multi-amory. There are some great ones. Let yourself hear the stories of how other people do this. And then imagine most of consensual non-monogamy is about, and I work with people to create creative non-monogamy agreements too, because some people want to be monogamous, but want a little bit more juice, right. getting your imagination going, letting yourself imagine into what, what could my relationship be if it weren't exactly what I was handed from society and it were just created by me and my partner. It's so beautiful. Well, Julie, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to be with us today. Everybody, please go check out her podcast, Project Relationship. Um, She is just a wealth of knowledge. Thank you so, so, so much, Julie. Thank you for having me, Lindsay. It was great to talk to you. As Kelly always says, everyone has a little bit of velvet and also a little bit of edge. And as Kelly and Chip like to say, remember when you're living on the edge, always remember to act casual. See you guys next time. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com, that's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events... You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.